0: Hello, everyone. We have it Kayla McKay on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her along with you guys. I'm just gonna throw it at you, Kayla. Start so wherever you'd like.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'll start right from the beginning. I met my husband when we were 14. Uh, we didn't get together till we were 17, and um, we didn't get married until we were till I was 23. Uh, I'm now 30, and we've just had our first rainbow baby this past July. It was actually a day after our seven-year anniversary. And, um, yeah, that's a little bit bit about me. Um, The story that I kind of – well, my story that I wanted to share today uh, started in 2017 when we first got pregnant with our first daughter. Um it was a great pregnancy. I had no issues. I wasn't sick. I um, went through all the ultrasounds and all the milestones and all the viability dates and uh, had no concerns. And then, sorry, I guess I'm just getting right into it. <laughs> Go um, for it. <laughs> uh, on uh I think it was well no, it was at the 36 and a half week mark that um my husband was off work, he's a seasonal worker, and uh it was a Wednesday, so I was going in late to work uh just my normal shift, and I was saying goodbye, and I was telling him that my back hurt, but when you're you know seven and a half months pregnant, whose back doesn't hurt um and hasn't or in it had for a while, but it, it just kind of hurt a little bit more that day. but whatever I hopped in the car and, and went to work and he actually went uh, an hour the other way to help a friend out and um, when I got to work it was it was like a overwhelming pressure to poop, which I was struggling with at the time because again, who isn't constipated <laughs> in there. <laughs> There's seven amon pregnancies um, and it was i think about like a half hour I had a patient waiting for me. I'm a optometric assistant, but i I do hygiene on on eyelids and eyelashes, and uh, I had a patient waiting for for me in the room, and I couldn't go in just because I felt so much pressure, so I like went to the bathroom to try to you know relieve my pressure and um ended up being in there for quite a while and uh and in pain so uh and that's all it was it was just you know pressure to what now i know is to push um but i wasn't having any relief so i couldn't time it as contractions uh so i you know in the bathroom i was stripped down i was hot i was cold and i was going from the floor the gross bathroom floor, uh, and you know, coming back out and being like, "Okay, I think I can go there now," and then coming back in the bathroom, going, "No, no, no, you're you're gonna have to tell him he has to wait." And um, finally, I had called my sister and had asked her what her contractions felt like, and um, she kept saying they come in waves. It's like a, you know, a general pressure. It's period cramps, um, and but the big thing was it comes in waves. Like you have relief and then you don't, and For me, I didn't have any relief. Uh, So thankfully, I am two minutes from the hospital where I work. So a a co-worker took me there, and I walked myself up to uh, the birthing center, and they wanted me to walk back down and register, uh, but they had a phone there so I could call down to register at the hospital. Um, I was pre-registered. I don't know how it works down where you are, but we're up in, in Ontario. Uh, and you have to kind of register that, you know, you'll be coming in at some point to have a baby. And mm-hmm. I was registered that way, but I, they always want you to check in if somebody's down there to check in. And I didn't cause you know, it hurt and I was worried. Um, but that being said, I wasn't worried just cause I had a very easy pregnancy. Like there was nothing wrong. Like, um, yeah, it was, you know, your ideal kind of, this is what I wanted pregnancy to be um, story. But anyways, uh, so I go there and they, I register and then they put me into triage and, you know, they ask me the questions, like how far are your contractions? And it's like, I, I don't know. I can't time them. I'm in pain all the time. And, and so a nurse came in and she was a bit younger, but I don't want to say that she was inexperienced. She came because of what she, what now entailed. So I'm laying in the bed and she's trying to find the heartbeat with the, whatever that monitor is called. Um, and she couldn't find it. And I was just like, okay, no, she's just young. Like this, I don't know, could be like her first couple of days, you know, and, uh, Then another nurse came in and she tried to find it and she couldn't. So then they, Mm -hmm. they kind of reassured me that, you know, that's okay. Sometimes we don't find it, which I now, I don't know if I believe them anymore, (laughs) but uh, they, so they're like, so just come with us and we're going to do like, we're going to hook you up to a different machine and, and we're going to get the hand ultrasound. And I was like, okay, perfect. So we, walk into the room. And at this time I told my husband, um, that I've gone to the hospital. So as soon as I went, he left, but again, he went an hour the other way. So he had an hour and a half drive to me. Um, so my sister came, uh, she was out and about with her husband. She was on mat leave. She had just given birth to her daughter, uh, in January. And this was March. Um, and so she came in with her and she was with me and they came in and they, you know, they hooked up the belly one and, um, the doctor came in and it was actually my OB's associate. So that was nice that I knew her. Um, and she started, you know, with the ultrasound on my belly and, and it was taking some time and she, you know, didn't have the oh, there's the baby smile on and and whatever. And then um, my sister had walked in while she was doing that, and then she just kind of stopped and put the the uh, hand all t- sound down and and told us that you know the worst news she could give is the news she was about to, and she's so sorry and uh, that we had lost our little girl and that was hard to hear obviously um I thank god my sister was there with me uh I really I think it was just so much of a shock that I don't really know what all entailed until i had to call my husband um and i had been or my sister had been texting him and saying like where are you uh how close are you and and he was still about 20 25 minutes away and um kept texting saying like what what's going on what's going on and chris uh my sister sorry um just kept saying oh just get here because again i didn't want to give him that news over the phone when he was mm-hmm. still so far away um mostly because my husband would be the one to like you know pedal to the metal and get there as soon as possible and would be like who cares if there's cops following me trying to pull me over <laughs> uh, like i need i need to get somewhere but uh so yeah so we were trying to avoid telling him for that little you know, that little time. And, and I couldn't, he ended up calling my sister and saying like, what's wrong, what's happening. And, uh, my sister like worded to me, like, did you want me to tell him? And, and I was just like, no, no, no. Like it, it needs to come from me. So I get on the phone and I say, okay, Justin, how far, how far away are you? And he goes, I'm, I'm like 15 minutes, Kayla, what's going on. And so all I could, get out was that we lost her and um, that was the hardest part of well I say that but I mean there were hard days but that was probably the part that I will always remember feeling like I will always feel that in my heart. Just sorry, just having to tell him that.-hmm, without him there. And uh, knowing that he still had to, you know, get there and be alone that whole time. But anyways, um, after that, I kind of left it in my sister's hands to get in touch with uh, my family. With my parents and and uh, my siblings and and Justin called his parents and she and sorry his mom kind of took it down the sibling ladder and I say that just because he's the youngest of nine <laughs> so there's there's quite a few to get in touch with and um, so he he got to the hospital and. Uh, my sister left the room when he got there and the doctor came in and told us what we needed to do. Um, and you know, kind of the decisions that we had to make within, you know, the time frame that we were going to have her. So, uh, I remember thinking like, okay, well, this won't be bad. This will be like, you know, they'll take, they'll take the baby out and they'll do a C-section or whatever. And, um, and you know we'll we'll deal. And uh, I remember when they came in and said, "Okay, well we need to start your labor." And my husband was just like, "Why aren't you just gonna take a C-section?" Like, why can't you just take it? And um, and so they explained that the best way is the natural way and the recovery way and and whatnot. And so they started all the medication for that and uh just the the moments that the every time a doctor came in like we had to have a decision ready so we had never obviously planned for this um and we are planning people (laughs) we like to uh know our choices ahead of time to think about and and we couldn't so at the beginning we were very detached um from our baby from our baby girl uh we didn't uh in the beginning we didn't sorry the beginning of that day I guess um we didn't want to see her we didn't want um to hold her We didn't want to, I guess, acknowledge the fact that, you know, we had had a baby, we had grown a baby, and we weren't taking a baby home. We didn't want to acknowledge any of that. So as the day wore on and, you know, we thought about, you know, the last kicks, because the the weird thing is the night before, um, she was kicking like crazy to the point where she, you know, kicked the iPad off my belly as we were laying in bed. And even that morning, I remember waking up and having her kick, because that was kind of my, it was always my motivation to get out of bed. I hate getting out of bed. And whenever she kicked me in the morning, it was like, okay, we're up, we'll go. (laughs) And we had all that. Um, But when we got that news, it was like, okay, so this is just, just a baby. And, and that that sounds so awful to say, and and that is not where we ended up, but I guess that's how we dealt with having all that news um, in the hospital, and it was kind of just like, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what we need to do and and whatever. Um, so so as uh, you know I got the medication to start. Uh, contractions i guess i also had the epidural um so that at that time it was like okay give me all these drugs i don't want to remember a thing from today and um obviously i just got the epidural uh so i didn't have the pain but um had all the memories and looking back obviously i'm grateful i don't actually know if they would knock you out for for birth at all um, unless they needed to, but anyway, so as the day progressed and doctors came in and they would say, okay, well you do need to name her. She is 36 weeks. So I guess in, in Canada, I think it's 20, it's either 20 or 24 weeks where you have to do the birth certificate and the death certificate. And so we had to name her and we did have a name. Um, we had actually just picked it, uh, Probably less than two weeks before. Um, We hadn't told anybody because that was our surprise. And uh, her name was Katie Lynn Jade McKay. And when it was time to sign the papers, my husband, and I, I absolutely understand where he was coming from, we we loved that name, and we had always pictured, well, you know, for those two weeks anyways, we had pictured a daughter with the name, and we called her Baby Kate, and um, and he didn't want to name her that, because he didn't want, I, I'm not entirely sure why. Um but a part of me understands without knowing he didn't want to give her that name. And we ended up giving her a name, her that name, because that's who she was. Once we actually started processing what was happening instead of just being very, I guess, factual about it and and what needed to be done. um, We chose that name for her and, discussing it in the days after we don't regret it by any means that was her name um but signing those those papers uh blue chunks it sucked (laughs) um because we were naming a child that we were not taking home um and we had to do it before we had even actually met her which sounds weird, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, because everybody says, "Oh, you'll have a name picked out, and then when you see the baby, you'll change it." And you know, you never. And with it being our first child, we didn't know what to expect at all. Um, but anyway, so sorry, I keep going back to the day and losing track and and trailing off. But uh, so that day. After we had, you know, signed all the papers waiting for her to come, um, it was time. It's weird to say I had a very easy labor and birth, uh, but I did. She, I think I started really contracting and in active labor at like seven o'clock and she was born by 737, I believe. Um, we had a total of like nine pushes and she came out and it was never having a baby before. It was really weird to feel her come out. And then, you know, we obviously didn't expect it, but everybody says, you know, that first cry when they come out and, you know, your heart changes and blah, 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 blah. We didn't have that first cry and we didn't have nurses or doctors talking. It was like, it was just, it was. And so uh we went through the labor and in that kind of moment my husband saw her. Uh, obviously when, when she came out of me, um, and it was like, like, okay, do we, do we want to hold her? And so we did hold her and I'm so glad we did. Um, we got to see her, we got to cuddle with her and it was so good. (laughs) Um, I think for our healing wise, Um, I totally understand why people hold their babies, um, after that. Um, but I totally understand why people wouldn't want to, uh, which we felt awful about when we were saying it, but when it came down to it, we thought that's what we needed, um, was, you know. Just to distance ourselves from the whole situation, but in the end, we ended up holding her, and we ended up actually having family come to meet her. Um, it wasn't the whole family, um, and and that's okay. Obviously, some people wouldn't want to; they would want to have you know their own image of her. Um, but uh, that was hard too to kind of share because you know, when you're holding her, and then somebody would walk into the room and it wasn't all, you know, smiles and balloons. That was really hard because, you know, it wasn't a happy moment and it should have been. Um, but, anyways, would not again regret that. Um, we had. Uh, photos taken. The hospitals up here offer a program where a photographer will come in and photograph the baby for you. Um, and we weren't going to, again, we didn't want that reminder. We didn't want that, but we did um, with the understanding that, you know, you'll email them to me, but I don't have to look at them if I don't want to. Um, That didn't last long. We looked as soon as we got them. Um, And the hospitals up here also do uh, molds of the hands and the feet. And they do the footprints and the handprints. And they have a box uh, from other parents of of stillborns. who they either you know write letters or they have like my favorite was um this little locket that had like a feather in it and it was you know the angel wing representation and um she was photographed with that because I also had told my sister after we had found out that we lost her don't bring the baby bag like I don't I don't want to have to go through and. You know, picture what I'm not getting. Um, And, you know, we had the coming home outfit. Like, we were 36 and a half weeks. We had everything ready. The nursery was at home ready. And, uh, yeah, so I told my sister to not uh, bring the baby bag, which was probably my biggest regret was because I did have things picked out for her, and I wish that the photographs reflected more personally. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Of what, you know, we pictured her to be. Um, And, yeah, that's that's probably my only regret. So we did everything that we didn't want to do at the beginning of the day. Because we didn't want to walk away from our only experience with Katie with negative, I mean, any more negative feelings than than we had. Um, so in in the time that we were waiting for her birth in hospital, we obviously had the questions of what happened, um, what went wrong, like, essentially, whose fault is this? Uh, because I think that when you are faced with that, you have to kind of, well, you don't have to, but you you do, you think, is this my fault? Is this something the doctors missed? Like, you know, did I skip too many prenatals? Did I fall asleep too soon before taking them? Like, you have a lot of questions. So what um, we were told Uh, we ended up not doing the autopsy um, because she would have to have left us for, you know, two months. And then we would have got her back two months later and then we could do whatever we needed to, we could bury her or, or whatever. And uh, we opted out of that simply because the doctors told us that we had a clinical placenta abruption. And what that means is just that the placenta has come off, come away. And usually that is accompanied by uh, blood um, back pain. And that's about it. Um, And I didn't have any blood. I had actually, there was a blood clot when they did the ultrasound, so I could have been bleeding, but it never came out. Um, And the back pain was never intense that I would have come into the hospital. Uh, So when the doctor told us that, they said nine out of 10 physicians, you know, GPs would say that this was a clinical placenta abruption if we wanted to find out the exact reason why the abruption happened, we could send her for an autopsy. And we, we didn't want that because selfishly we just wanted it to be over. Uh, we just wanted to get through, you know, having to deal with other people and we could start working on each other and ourselves. And, um, So we were, you know, satisfied with the answer, I guess, that that is what happened. Um, No reason, usually, you know, uh, placenta abruptions happen in car accidents and, you know, from cocaine usage and smoking and none of that was an issue for us. Uh, But that's all the research I could find on what causes them. Um, so yeah so we had to walk away from that just kind of thinking that it happened and there was no answer and there was nothing that could be done and that was you know one of the other hardest parts about it was then dealing with well why did this happen to us and you know How could my body do this to me? And that was probably my biggest, personally, was my biggest challenge in in overcoming that. Um, Or, sorry, my biggest challenge in, in grieving was overcoming that, question to myself was like how could you do this to me body? like I've treated you so well <laughs> why couldn't you return that <laughs> um but yeah so the so after oh sorry I keep going all over the place and I did no, you're like, good. write out things <laughs>
0: um, you're good um,
1: Okay. Okay. So it's somewhat easy to follow here.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm silent
1: because I'm just like, wow. You know? (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. So that happened. so that was the day and that was, um, the worst day ever. Uh, and, So much has happened since that day. Um, That was a Wednesday. I I gave birth. That was a Wednesday at like eleven thirty or something. I um, gave birth to her at seven that night. And the Thursday we got sent home. And we came home, and and I remember somebody asking, like, "Do you want me to go home and take the nursery down?" And I knew I did not want that because. I guess closure, I just needed to do that myself. Like Mm -hmm. we would revert it back to a guest bedroom. That's not a problem, whatever, but like, no. And I I understand why some people would. And I understand why the question was asked if I had wanted it. Um, But no, that was, you know, that was going to be either between me and Katie, or that was going to be between me, Justin and Katie. Justin's not one for, you know, packing up Christmas decorations. So I didn't actually think he would want to do that with me at all. Um, and cause he, he had his own emotions to go through. Like he was as much as I was hurting for him, he was hurting for me. Um, so me saying that I needed to do that, it absolutely like welcomed him in doing it with me, but I was totally okay if he didn't want to do it with me. And he did parts, but for the most part, I, I did it all. But it definitely didn't happen that Thursday when we came home. So when we came home, we went and we just sat in the nursery and we opened the box from the hospital from other parents that were saying that um, had letters and. And gifts and you know wraps to wrap your baby in, and and it, I think they call it the angel box. I'm not sure, um, but yeah. So we just started reading the letters from other parents because when you walk home, or when you get home, and you know you didn't bring home the baby you thought you would, you kind of just walk home or walk in and go, so what now? Like what what do we do? <laughs> um so yeah, so we sat in the middle of her nursery room floor and read the letters. Uh and yeah, I there's one letter that I actually like took quotes from because whenever I was talking to people and you just you just don't know what to say. They they really don't know what to say, yeah. but you <laughs> you don't know what to say when it comes to like well how how will this affect them how will they take it can i say that i didn't want to hold her and will they accept that or will they judge me for not wanting to hold her but then i did so they can't say anything like it's anyway so i took excerpts from this letter and the the mother had said that her son um was born peacefully sleeping and that was probably like just my favorite way to put it because it just sounds sounds the best <laughs> it sounds the most peaceful um and that's what i you know in in the age of you know social networking and facebook and me and my husband we we're not somebody who who posts every day but we certainly post about all the good things that are coming up in life so everybody kind of knew my I was pregnant and we had been together since high school. So we had a lot of mutual friends who, who knew us as a couple um, and who I would like to think were vouching for us (laughs) for, for getting pregnant finally, after, I guess, I guess 10 or so years. Um, Well, no, I guess it was like 12 years it took us to get pregnant anyways so the social I had to I didn't have to but I chose to post on social media shortly after the birth um because we had one friend of ours my husband had been working for him off and on uh throughout the winter he called and right off the hop said to Justin uh so are you a daddy yet and we were sitting outside at the time and he had put him on speaker and I just like instantly started crying and Justin walked away from me to kind of tell him what had happened and at that point it was like okay we need to we need to tell people like people are going to start wondering like her due date's coming up soon and um so we chose to Post just a blurb on Facebook that had said on this day uh, Kitty was born and um, she was born peacefully sleeping and she never got to know the hurt that could be found in the world but... She also just, the only thing she ever shared was, uh, with us was her love. Um, so, yeah, so we had to do that. We didn't have to, sorry, we chose to. Uh, because we didn't want to put other people in that situation. Uh, of, you know, calling and, and being so liberal with, hey, you were daddy yet? because that is what people do, um, so innocently and, and with all the best intentions, but we just didn't want them to feel like a, like a jerk when they did that, because obviously they don't need to feel like a jerk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't about them. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that was the that was kind of what entailed when we got home was like, okay, we need to let people know. Now that didn't happen that day we got home, but it was something that we had talked about from the moment it happened was like, how do we tell people? Like I just don't want to call people and be like, Hey, just so you know this happened Um, for the sake of us and for them. Um, But yeah. So That weekend that followed, this was actually like a blessing in disguise and it sounds nuts when I think about it, but um, the weekend that followed was actually Easter. So there was all these Easter dinners planned and we went to them. Um, I would have rather just stayed home. I remember thinking like, this is nuts. Why are we going out? Why are we facing like crowds of people? Um, I just want to stay home and, you know, allow myself to feel sorry for myself for that time. But even after, like, even when we got home from those dinners, I don't regret not going because I got to face all the people who loved me in one go. (laughs) And I didn't have to explain too much because it was so soon after that they didn't, take the liberty of asking me questions that I might not have been ready for. Um, but they also just, you know, went on their merry way celebrating Easter. Like the kids still did an Easter egg hunt. And that was nice too, because it wasn't just, you know, everybody sitting around me feeling sorry for me. Um, and then – that was my husband's side of the family on Saturday, and then we had my side of the family on Sunday. So we got to like, you know, see everybody and not necessarily talk about it, but we just got to be with people. Which I remember thinking each morning, I do not want to do, but I remember coming home every night going, I'm glad we did that. Um was the day that um, we had to go to the funeral home and make arrangements. So we thankfully, uh, my uncle is a minister, so he did the service for us. Um, we did not invite family, uh, and our reason being was you know for us um and maybe it sounds silly but it wasn't about anybody but us at that time um because you know a funeral is like a funeral where you where you go and you pass on your condolences it's also about the memories that you had with those people to me and and as much as everybody, you know, had the memory of her being in, in my belly, uh, we had the memory of the future, if that makes any sense. (laughs) We had to, you know, we weren't going to have this little girl to take to Christmas in seven months and we weren't going to have a first Christmas this year. And, um, you know, all the bows and outfits that I had picked out for her, she would never get to wear. And, you know, I think from the moment you see your positive pregnancy test, you start planning, Um, Mm -hmm. whether you mean to or not, you just, you think, oh, well, you know, it's going to be so much fun to put this baby inside a pumpkin with, you know, Halloween coming up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, so as much as, like, I love everybody's support, the funeral and the remembering was just about me and my husband and our relationship connection with our baby girl, Katie. And so we did have our parents there, um, my mom and dad, and then his mom and stepdad. Um, and it. that's all we had there. My my uncle did the, oh, sorry, my uncle's wife was there as well, my aunt, um, but he did the, I guess, the service, and it was short, and it was sweet, and, you know, I guess, everything you could have wanted out of it, um, and, and then we had, you know, the nice little, sit down after and and then it was over. Um, it wasn't over, but everything that we protocol said we had to do at the end of the funeral, that was all over. So now it was just time to work on ourselves and, and work on our healing. And that was like, that was the, probably like the third hardest thing was to go home and be like, okay, so now we have to face it. Like we can't just be all business. We can't just like, we actually have to sit down and, and talk about it. And I'm very fortunate. My husband is a talker. Um, he knows that mental health has the utmost importance in everybody's life. So even the days where I really couldn't talk, he would let me talk it out and, and would, wouldn't get frustrated with me. Uh, so I was very fortunate with him in that sense. Well, in all senses, but in that specific sense, he, he has a good, a good heart and a, a good head on understanding all of that. Um, so the funeral futi- that Monday was the day that we had to go in and plan the funeral. Tuesday was the day we had the funeral and Wednesday was the day we woke up with nothing to do. Um, and I think for the first week, every morning we woke up, it was a new thing. You know, the Wednesday I woke up and it was like, my hands went to my belly and it was like, Oh, right. Yeah. No, that, that's not going to be there. She's not going to be there. Um, and that was, yeah, those little things were the hardest thing. But um, my big, I guess, step in grieving was I needed to face all these situations because if I just if I didn't, then I, I wasn't in control of it. I guess that is how I felt. Um, so in, I had two months off of work, uh, and my husband had two weeks off. And so for those two weeks, it was, you know, just about us and, you know, he was more focused on, you know, what I was going to do when he went back to work. And so we did, while he was home, we, um, you know, went out every day, even if it was just to get Tim Hortons, and uh, which is big up here, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so we, we planned something every day. And then the day he went back to work and it was my first day alone, I just remember sitting here thinking, like, this is my chance to do, like, whatever I wanted. And I think I went through – all 1,000 emotions that you could have. And it wasn't that, like, I couldn't go through that with him, but I needed to go through that by myself. So there was, you know, screaming, crying, yelling. There was hate, and but there was also just as much love as you could have at that point. Like, I just went in and held her. We actually got her, um, we have her cremated because she will always be with us. Uh, and I remember being at the, sorry, oh no, (laughs) I remember being at the funeral home and the funeral director was very pushy that we bury her or we at least, uh, buy one of those plots for ashes at the, at the cemetery. Yes. Yeah. And, um. I I remember saying to my husband just like, well, no, like we don't even have plots. Like we're not going to put her somewhere that we might not end up. Like mm-hmm. she spent her her life with us and we're not going to put her in the ground. And and he agreed. And I remember the director just being like, no, it's really good if you, you know, have a plot or have somewhere that you could go to remember them. And I was just like, I'm not going to forget her. <laughs> that just seems very silly for you to say that. <laughs> um, and he kept pushing and I didn't get mad Um outward. I was fuming inwards. Uh, my husband showed a little bit of sassiness, uh, towards the director because he would let it go. And then finally my mother just lost it and was like, can't you see that they don't want this? And, and that's when he kind of stopped. He said one more thing. And that's when my dad stepped up and said, like, we're not going to." be having a place for her and then he stopped completely. But I remember saying to my husband, you know, she spent her life with us. That's all she ever knew was inside us. And she needs to come home with us. And then when we pass away, she will go down with us. Like we're we can't do that to her. And and I'm so thankful that we did. She sits in our bedroom with us. Um She's not on display. She is in my side table. Uh, Even though I found on a lot of forums that, you know, people still, like, people will have a display and whatnot. And that is fine. I understand how you can get there. But that's not something I could do. Simply because I will only share my story with you if you... If if I want to, (laughs) yeah. Um, um, or if it'll help you, and and that I'll get to in a second. But
0: like you don't want it to be like a conversation piece in your home, or you like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's not. It's not artwork. It's not. It's not a mantelpiece. It is. Um, it's our daughter, and if you don't know about her, then we may not be close enough to go through the story, anyways.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Um. But yeah, so two months at home, we were dealing with it. I needed to get all my firsts out of the way. Uh, so I didn't, I mentioned my sister had had a baby in January. I didn't mention that uh, my best friend and I actually started trying April 1st, the year before, um, to have a baby at the same time. We wanted to be those best friends. Um And she got pregnant right away, and I didn't. Um, So I was due in April. She was due in January. And she had had a little boy, and my sister had had a little girl. A co-worker of mine had her first grandchild, um, was due two days prior to my due date. And my husband's stepbrother had a baby in February of that year. So there were babies everywhere. and even when I was in hospital, there were babies. Ev- well, obviously babies everywhere uh, because my sister couldn't be without hers. She was breastfeeding, and uh, mat leave here is a year. I know that the states don't get that, and it like breaks my heart. <laughs> um, but mat leave is a year, so uh, we a lot of mothers exclusively breastfeed, and so. My sister had Isabel come in with her whenever she was visiting me in the hospital there, and I had two little babies, a boy and a girl, that a cousin and the other one, my, mine as well, have been a cousin. Um, they we we had planned to grow our children up together. They were all going to be born within a couple months of each other, and and yes, yeah, so when I say, like, I needed to get all my firsts out of the way, like, I needed to do what I was planning to do on mat leave, like, we were all gonna go shopping together, so, you know, I called up my best friend, and I called up my sister, and I said, we're going shopping, and they were very hesitant, um, because they knew, obviously, but I was like, no, no, we need to do it, and I remember getting to my sister's with my best friend, and the babies were on the ground, and I just... Lost it. Um, But then, you know, washed my face and we went shopping. (laughs) Um, I remember I needed to face all of my aunts and uncles. I didn't get to see them at Easter, but I needed to sit down and and talk to them and just say, like, this is what happened. Do you have any questions? Um, Okay, then, you know, cool. We don't need to talk about it again. (laughs) And that wasn't the case. I I got very vocal about it. But that was my thought process at the beginning, was if I got everybody out of the way, then I could just, you know, restart. And I was very angry at people who tried to control my life um, or my situations or something that I would come – Into. So, my coworker who ended up having her first grandchild, she blocked me from social media because she didn't want to share pictures of her grandchild to upset me, which I understand. But unless you're going to be able to block all babies, from every point in my life, that's unnecessary. (laughs) It just, you can't control that. And I think it's important to just take life as it comes, regardless of what is thrown at you. And for that was my biggest pet peeve throughout it all, was people wanted to help me. By stopping life, like mm-hmm. stopping life from happening, which I am thankful for the love that comes through that, but I'm not thankful for the choice that they make on on your behalf without discussing it for you. I'm also somebody who's very controlling, as that is coming out in this story. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I am, but it sounds like <laughs> you're I am.
0: not. No, you're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was a lot of hurdles for me, well, for anybody in, in, in this situation. There's a lot of hurdles, but it just seemed like a lot more, no, I can't say that. Everybody's situation is different. Um, but yeah, I had planned it so that it had all Yeah. I planned it. It came crashing down. It happens. We dealt with it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so work, um, the next kind of hurdle when I went back to work was uh, I have a lot of personal relationships with clients. I am very chatty and I tend to ask questions that venture on none of your business questions. Um, and most of the time they're taken. Okay. But sometimes they're not, but most of the time they are. So that has created a lot of great relationships at my work with our, with our clients. Um, so when I went back to work, I, I don't work front desk, but my desk is at the front desk. And so I'm not necessarily the first person to greet people. But if my girls are busy, then I am. And I remember my office manager was amazing. She was fantastic when I came back. Um, my coworkers were great, but my office manager was just outstanding. So she knew my, most of my relationships with certain people and or certain clients and if they were coming in and I wasn't having a good day I didn't even have to be on the floor like I could go out back into the break room and just wait until they passed through into the doctor's office and then I could come out or if I just wanted to leave for a little bit they would let me leave for a little bit um, but there were certain clients too that you know they were so thrilled when I was pregnant that I needed to like personally share these things with them. So it was really weird having to, you know, just kind of try to make it a two, three minute conversation. I have a hard time with that as now I've been on for almost an hour just talking. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So in, in, in hopes to keep, you know, our clinic flow going uh, and not taking up the doctor's time, I would have to catch them either right before or right after. And I would have to try to keep it to like two to three minutes. So I would, my, my favorite clients, I would like see them and I'd be like, I'll come to you in a minute. And they're like, Oh, okay. And everybody knew because in our office, I work in an eye doctor's office. Um, and you usually only see your eye doctor, you know, once every two years or once a year, but the patients that you have a personal connection with they're coming every two or three months so like they've seen me grow and they've seen um you know me become a whale from what I'd like to think it was a little petite before and then I have this big big belly but um they've seen it all so when I came back and they already knew about it because I had asked the co- my co-workers to tell my people, um, what had happened just so that I don't get the questions if I wasn't ready for them. But, uh, so they'd see me, I'd say, I'm coming to you in two minutes. And then I'd like, they'd get put in the doctor's waiting room for them to wait for the doctor. And I'd sneak in and be like, I really wanted to come talk to you. Um, I know you have so many questions. The girls told me what you said when I was gone. Thank you so much. Um, And then this is what happened. And then I'd have like a three minute cry with them. And then I'd leave and like get on with the rest of my day because I'm also at work getting paid to work and needed to have that kind of balance. But I also needed to take care of myself. Um, And facing those people is again, one of the firsts that I needed out of the way. Uh, And then I could work on them. Regardless of what I needed to do, um, yes, yeah, so that was really hard. But again, the best coworkers, the most amazing office manager, um, and and again, supportive family. Like I would call my mom on my lunch break and and tell her, you know, I had a bad day today, and she'd be like, "Okay, do you want to talk about it?" I'd be like, "No, just wanted you to know." Just so that when I told you I had a bad day last week, you don't go, Kayla, you should have called me. <laughs> because sometimes you just don't want to talk to people, right? hmm Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So anyways, I will fast track through to we knew that we were going to um, keep trying for a baby after we had dealt with our emotions. And I mean, I say dealt like it's done and over with, but it's not because, Mm -hmm. you know, with a new baby comes all the new emotions too. Um, but, uh, we, so my doctor wanted three uh, cycles before we actively started trying. So after the, I had three of my menstrual cycles, um, we started trying and it took us three months again to uh, get pregnant. So, That was March of 2018 is when we lost Katie. And then it was November 2018 that we uh, found out we were pregnant. Um, Because of the placenta abruption, I went down to uh, Mount Sinai Hospital, uh, which is the best, the, the top hospitals in our area, uh, for, I was a high risk pregnancy. So I was a high risk pregnancy without actually knowing why I was high risk. Uh, so I went to the placenta clinics and, and all of that to, uh, just to err on the side of caution. And it's funny. So my first ultrasound, um, The ultrasound technician, I don't know her story and I won't speak to her story, but she made a mistake and she ended up telling me, she ended up handing me an email that she had been talking in with her doctor at the time of my ultrasound that said that I essentially either had an atopic pregnancy or I had a cyst that had hair and teeth and whatever on my ovary, which had at one point been a baby, and ended up not being a baby, and so like world was like spun around again. Like, how could this be happening? And then I went to my doctor. She sent me for another ultrasound at a different place because she told me at that point that she wasn't fond of the uh, that clinic that I had been going to, and. Um, they found nothing. But we went in on a Friday night for the ultrasound and couldn't get into my doctor until the Monday. So all weekend, we're worrying that this isn't what we had prayed for. And this wasn't going to be just, a, oops, you're not pregnant, like something needed to happen with this, if it was either or. And when we went in to the ultrasound place on Monday, they like ordered, not an emergency, but a rapid ultrasound and none of that was true so i got you know three days off of work because they wanted me on strict bed rest until they knew for sure and the ultrasound technician was just a little overzealous, um really wanted to find something and thought she did and none of it ended up being true so it was a rocky start to this pregnancy Um, thinking that, oh, okay, so now we know something's going on and then like reviewing it back to, could this have been happening with the first pregnancy? Um, But anyways, it's not, so we don't need to focus on that. Uh, And then we went through uh, Kenzie's pregnancy. Everything was fine again. Uh, We had increased ultrasounds and uh NSTs non-stress tests uh pretty much from the day I turned 28 weeks I had them every week just to err on the side of caution again nothing was signaling wrong but because it had happened before I guess my chances of that increased to uh from like 10% to 20% I could be wrong on those numbers um but yes, so we went through, we got pregnant, we had all the ultrasounds, and then on my 36th week, I started having Braxton and Hicks, and I was grateful for them, but I was not grateful for every time I went to the hospital and got sent home for them. <laughs> I- <laughs> I think I went four times on my 36th week.
0: Oh, well, rightfully so.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was um, not active labor, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, four times, spent the night in the hospital twice without actually getting admitted. So I was sitting in the triage for the birth, <laughs> in the birthing center. Um, and, yeah, so that started on July 1st was my Braxton and Hicks adventure. Uh, My last day of work was June 28th. And then obviously on July 1st, she started signaling that she wanted to come. And so a week of contracting off and on. We finally went in the night of our anniversary, which was July 7th. And Kenzie was born on July 8th at 3.01 in the morning. Um, so her birth again was really easy. I think this was six pushes, almost missed the epidural because she wanted to come out so quickly. Um, and when they brought her out and they placed her on my chest, which is not what happened with Katie, they... Me and my husband actually had a really hard time looking at her. <laughs> we, we were happy, obviously, and we cuddled her and whatnot, but then it was just, like, a pure, what felt like an hour, but was probably only, like, 30, 60 seconds of us just bawling because it was, it, like, actually happened this time. Um, and she was out, and she was sick, and that was just a really, I guess, out there feeling-ish. I, I don't know how to describe it. And then when they took her away um, to get her measured and weighed and check and whatever, um, me and my husband were still having our moment. And they're like, Dad, do you want to come take some pictures over here? And he's like, "Uh, I, I guess, like, are you okay, Kila? I was like, well, I can't go, so somebody has to go, go take the pictures, like, it isn't, it isn't about us anymore, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> about her, and then, yeah, so, uh, a couple of days in the hospital, and then we were home, and, um, yeah, it has been, she's actually been such a, a easy baby, but it's, my friend asked me the other day if I, if I think of, Katie often and I do but it's not always in and this is again like something that I feel that only our our family our our life after family would understand it's not always sad I think of her and I think of you know would she do this like Kenzie does this or like, would she have given us a belly laugh by now? Because my daughter is a super smiley girl, but she's not laughing at us. <laughs> and we're waiting for it. Um, and, and things like that. And it's not always, like, a depressing place that it takes us to. But it is. Uh, it is a place. And then mm-hmm. it's nice to have that place, which... I don't think a lot of people understand because a lot of people still avoid like even saying her name to me, even though I'm very liberal with it. Like I'll very much just name drop her all the time. <laughs> and then some people just acknowledge it and some people don't and carry on, but it's fine. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, that's a story. <laughs> that's, a you, story. That's a, you've That's you been through so much in such a short amount of time too, but yeah. um, you told it very beautifully and very uh, relatable. And I feel like the women listening that have been in a similar situation are going to be very validated in their feelings. So I really oh. appreciate you for that. I still uh, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know so because I just like kept picturing being in that position and just like the way you explained everything, I just felt like was so real and honest and just is no. going to make people feel so much less alone, which is what oh, this is good. all about. So I appreciate it. If you had one piece of advice for somebody
1: in a similar situation, what would it be? Oh, so I, I knew that that question was coming. <laughs> and I I was like just trying to come up with some all insightful, all healing, and all helpful advice. Um but I don't. Uh the one thing that I will say is sometimes the advice that you hear, you know, in your first week of of grieving um doesn't work for you, but in a couple of months it will. Um you just have to get to certain places for certain things to be helpful. Um, But I did want to say just if you, I have three little tidbits. Number one is if you need something from someone, you need to tell them. Don't expect them to give it to you um, because they don't know. Um, If you don't need anything from anybody, just carry on. Um, And if someone tells you that they do need something from you and you can't give it to them, you need to discuss that. So ultimately you're, you're your own advocate and you and your partner are the core. And, you know, everybody who has something to say to you, it always comes from love um, even though it doesn't always feel like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically just like I had one person say to me, um, you know, you may have given birth to her, but we're all grieving. And the context that that person was saying it to me, I got it, but then that phrase has played in my mind so often. Like I know, I know she was just trying to tell me that it hurt her too. She misses her too and everything, but it just came out really wrong. And that's what I need to remind myself is, is I told her I couldn't do it, like, really hard without getting into the specifics but I don't <laughs> want to do that um yeah no if you need something I, think we, from someone, I think we've just, all
0: had yeah I think we've all had that okay. person yeah or like okay, that good. comment so I can completely relate even though our stories are very different I can completely relate
1: to that comment oh god
0: uh, yeah and it's kind of like okay not I, I know that you didn't mean to be mean with that but like
1: yeah but you you just need to review that helpful yeah Yeah. did you even run that through a filter (laughs) yeah uh yeah um we all get it yeah yeah um the other thing is that along the same lines like it all comes out of love um there are going to be times where people will say like just the most nonsense things to you. Like, like I remember one lady told me, well, maybe it's a silver lining. Maybe she was deformed, even though I had just run through my story with her and like she wasn't. And yeah, like I told you that. And, but it's because she had nothing to say, mm-hmm. she, you know, cause you don't know what to say. I put myself in, I put myself in other people's shoes And, um, I wouldn't know what to say, even having gone through it, Mm -hmm. I still don't have any words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, do the last thing is just do what you have to do and allow yourself what you need, uh, lean hard on your supports because that's what they're there for. And if you don't need the support, it's okay to distance yourself from them. You don't have to appease their need to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I love how you went through like your grieving almost like a checklist. You know what I mean? Like
1: I totally did, <laughs> and I would do
0: that too. Like that would be my way to kind of like get through it. But I'm sure that really kept you going. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really easy to just like block yourself off, stay home. Like, don't, you know what I mean? But to like oh, almost think yeah. of it as like if I can get through this part, like your first, as you put it, um, yeah. then like you can move past that and like keep going. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that's kind of what I took out of that. I'm like that's that's a really good way to look at it because I think it's really easy to avoid those situations cuz you don't want to deal with that first. But if you kind of yeah. just get that first out of the way, um I feel like you can you can keep pushing forward a little bit better. I
1: I think, maybe it, I don't know. It, <laughs> I know, I I agree. Like I don't know. I think it made it easier. And obviously some people aren't going to be able yeah. to yeah. face that, but um it really like encouraged you, and when, when people were like, "You're strong," and you're like, "Lady, you have no idea what's going on <laughs> in my head right now," but it still like meant that little bit to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. That's what I always say. I'm like, I personally, I I wasn't a huge fan of the I'm sorry's when I was going through my miscarriages, but I oh. love when people would be like, you're so strong. Like you're a badass, you know? So like, I always yeah. try to say that to people instead, because I'm like, I feel like you get so many of yeah, the I'm sorry's, you know? And I, some people really enjoy hearing those. I personally don't. Um, no,
1: I agree. So
0: the more pickups rather than like the downers yeah. are kind of yeah. where I'm
1: at. Yeah. <laughs> did you have like when people are like I'm sorry, like what did you say? I remember always going like it's okay. Yeah. It's and then okay. sitting back and being like, it's not it's, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to what else, say. Yeah, though.
0: exactly. What else do you say? And what do they expect you to say? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. well, do you want to sit here for an hour while I explain all my emotions? Yeah. Are going on, or yeah, do you just want me does. to be like, I'm good?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was actually like, I remember talking to certain people about it and be like, I don't know what to say. What would you say? And obviously they're like, I don't know. It's like, so I think I just ended up saying like, thank you. Yeah. Like a lot of the time, yeah. like, thank you. That's, that's nice of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's all
0: you really can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I so appreciate you jumping on, sharing your story and just kind of validating everyone else's oh. feelings. Um, really, really appreciate it. And if somebody does want to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I'll go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. I'm sure you'll get messages. And um, that's what I love about this community is just like kind of connecting us all. We're all a little family.
1: So, (laughs) Well, and I do just, I'm just going to plug you here. Um, I want to just, if if there are people out there listening, like I was, I've been listening for um, probably, well, since May of this year. Um, because you actually had my c- cousin on uh, who shared her story, which happened364 days after mine. Oh, it no was way. one day before uh, my one-year anniversary, which which is not a blessing in disguise. hate that term, but um, kept me occupied on my one year because I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, do we honor her? Do we remember her? Do we do this? Do we do that? And then the night before, we got the news of my cousin, and um, she was 18 weeks and didn't know what to expect, and so I got to help her with that. But anyways, um, listening to you and just hearing the different types of stories is what was really kind of pulling me to be like, hey, Shelly, can I come on? Because everybody's story is different. And just because yours doesn't line up with something doesn't mean that it's not going to help somebody. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I really helped my cousin. I may not have. I may have spoke too much. But (laughs) at least she had the information. But, I think you
0: definitely helped her, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, reach out if you need it. And this, I, I just felt the biggest pull to do. Um, and I didn't really feel that with anything else,
0: maybe just cause I did it and
1: got it done and out of the way. But, um, yeah, no, I needed to do this for me, but if it helps somebody else, then absolutely yeah. i am so willing to to even just answer those routine questions that you feel mm-hmm. weird about asking anybody like it's what,
0: easier to ask a stranger i'm telling you
1: oh yeah yes
0: <laughs> it really is <laughs> so like yeah i think that's why all of us can connect so much because it's like the people around us don't always get it but the stranger on the internet who's been through it does you know
1: mm-hmm. So when you don't have to shield yourself. Like you just, yeah. you don't have You're to worry if that at person's the grocery gonna... <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, exactly. I, oh, well, thank you. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much. And yeah, just enjoy your little rainbow baby. She's super cute thank you I was sleeping on <laughs> you before this episode I was like oh she's adorable
1: <laughs> she's a good <laughs> smiler we're just waiting on
0: that belly laugh yeah so. <laughs> all right well we'll talk soon okay
1: all right Shelly thank you so much
0: thank you bye